door. If your mom is in the room, I want you to get up out of your chair. Yes, David, get out of the recliner. Go and give your mom a hug, all right? I want you to give her a tight, squeezy hug and say Happy Mother's Day to her. And, and I want to thank all of those that sent in your little video clips, and I want to thank the, the church staff for coming up with that idea and everyone that, that it took to, to put that together and to execute on it. So thank you so much to, to all of you. Moms, we honor you today. Happy Mother's Day. I, I wish we could be here in person. I wish we could give each of you a, a hug and a flower, but I want to let you know from all, all of us at Shiloh, we wish you a happy Mother's Day. So we're continuing this morning in our You Are series. Uh, you know, the world tells us so much about what we're not. And, and we, we had this idea for a series to tell us who we are in Christ, because I think now more than ever, we need to know who we are in Christ. And as I was reflecting on mothers this past week, and I was thinking of how much a mother understands her children. You know, if you're a parent, uh, as a dad, I, I can see how I relate to my kids, but my wife relates to my kids differently. She understands them on a level that I can't even understand them. And I see the same relationship that I have with my mom versus my dad. So this morning, we're going to be talking about you are understood. And as we talk about being understood, I, I want to just start with I know there's a, a, a lot of times where we might be misunderstood, and I want to play a little game with you today. And the game is this. I'm going to show a picture up on the screen, and I'm going to ask you to identify who is it that you're looking at. This is a person in history that was misunderstood. And when you recognize the picture, you need to type in the comment field who, who that person is. So, so what do you get for playing, and what do you get for being the per- first one to answer correctly? Uh, bragging rights. How about that? All right. So if, if you would, would do this, I'd appreciate it. So we're going to go to our first picture. This is a person in history that was misunderstood. Tell me who this person is. You get to write it in your comments right now. Do you recognize that person? Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Time's up. That is Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc inspired a French revolt against the occupation of the English, and she was only 17 when she did that. And Joan successfully led the French to victory at Orleans. However, for for such a young woman to wield so much influence was highly unusual, and she was it was highly unusual. She was accused of witchcraft and heresy, and as a result, she was burned at the stake. Talk about being misunderstood. All right, if you missed on Joan... I'm going to give you one other person. You're going to get a chance to get this one, all right? So, so get, your, get all of your history lessons, you know, bring them, bring them right up in the memory banks. Tell me, who is this person? All right, do you recognize him? Okay, if you're struggling, I'm going to give you a hint. He was Italian. Does that help? He was an Italian scientist, five, four, three, two, one. His name was Galileo, and he revolutionized our understanding of the world He supported the work of Copernicus in claiming that the earth revolved around the sun rather than the other way around. And Galileo's theories were controversial, and he was considered a heretic. So we all know the truth sometimes is that that we can feel misunderstood. But we're talking about being understood, but I want to start off with being misunderstood, right? So, So how many of you have ever felt misunderstood in your life? Right? What did it feel like? Maybe you felt alone. Maybe you felt like no one, no one has ever felt like this before, and, and no one could ever understand you. Something like that, right? So the reality is that each of us has probably felt like that at some point in our life. Friends, coworkers, bosses, employees, neighbors, family members, in every relationship we have, there may have been a time in our lives when we felt misunderstood. 
So this morning we're going to be spending some time in three verses. It's Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. And as we talk about these verses, I'm going to tell a true story from my mom's perspective. Now let me just tell you a little bit about my mom. My mom had always wanted to have two or three kids. And when when she was newly married, after a couple of years, she had had one daughter, second daughter, a son. And boy, she thought, life is good. I've got two, two girls, a boy. I'm good. And then she found out she was pregnant again. So she went into labor and delivery. And while she's in labor delivery, she pushes out one baby and there's still a pain. What is going on? She was pregnant with twins, but they didn't have ultrasound at that point. She didn't, she was surprised in the delivery room that there was a second baby. So my dad had to run out, get another bassinet, get a second stroller, all that stuff. So now she's got five kids. She only wanted three. Guess what? She got pregnant again, this time a little girl. And she's like, okay, six, we're done at six. But there will be one more pregnancy. And yes, it was twins, fraternal twins this time. It was a little girl and a little boy. And I'm that little boy. So this morning, as we talk about my mom's story and we look into scripture, I want us to turn to this scripture in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16. And let's read it together. It says this, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us boldly, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So Heavenly Father, I pray today, Lord, that today would be a day where we would come boldly before your throne. Lord, today would be a day that we would find grace to help us when we need it most. God, I pray you speak a word in season to each one of us. Lord, personalize the word that you have by your spirit to each one of our hearts. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So have you ever felt, God, if you really understand me, then why did you let this happen? Right? When my oldest sister was 21... She graduated from college. She was working at Mass General Hospital as a physical therapist, and she was searching for truth and for a deeper relationship with God. She quit her job at 21, and she moved um, to become a novice in what she thought was a community of believers, but it turned out to be a cult. At age 22, she came home to visit the family just before Christmas. I remember my parents encouraging her, hey, why don't you stay home for a while? Like, just take some time away from the community, really seek the Lord. But no, she, she absolutely wanted to go back to the community. And shortly after she got back, she wrote my parents a letter and she disowned the family. And she said that she was taking vows of poverty, of chastity, and vows to the community. And she left our family. I, I can't even imagine how my parents felt at that moment. I can't even imagine how my mom felt. And as we investigate the concept today that Jesus understands us, I think it's important for us to look at this passage in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, but we're going to look at it one verse at a time, okay? So let's start with Hebrews 4, 14. It says this, So then, since we have a a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. There's a foundational truth here. We have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. The foundation of knowing Jesus is that Jesus understands, and it's recognizing that, that who he is and that we can hold firmly to, to our belief in him. 
Now, you see, my parents had gone to church all their lives. They raised all of us kids to go to church every Sunday. And in college, my oldest sister recognized that there was more to God than going to, Catholic, uh, than, than going to church. And she, she gave her heart to the Lord. And I remember her calling, calling home one night and telling my parents, there's more to God than just going to church on Sunday. And they, they were furious with her. Who are you to tell us anything about God and about going to church? But my parents investigated what it was that she was saying, and it was shortly thereafter that that they recognized for the first time that God wanted to have a personal relationship with each one of us. And my parents gave their hearts to the Lord, and it was not even a year later that all, all eight of us kids had given our hearts to the Lord, and we were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. So even though my parents were young in the faith when my sister disowned our family, they held firmly to their faith. They held firmly to what they believed. I remember times growing up as a kid where all of us kids that were home, we would pray and fast from Friday to Sunday dinner time, right? We would not eat anything except drink water. We would, we would not go outside and play. We were all in the living room on a Saturday just with our Bibles, praying, music playing. Still, no outward change. And I'm sure they must have thought, where did we go wrong? God, did we make a mistake? God, why did this happen? God, help. But verse 14 refers to Jesus as our high priest. And I want to unpack that a little bit more. You see, in Hebrews 7.27, it says this. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for people's sins. See, Jesus is the high priest. The high priest's role was this. They had to manage all the subordinate priests. They had to offer sin offerings, not just for themselves, but for all the people. And then one time a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would enter the most holy place in the temple. They'd go behind the veil in the temple and they'd stand in the very presence of God. And having made sacrifice for himself and for the people, the high priest would bring blood into the Holy of Holies and sprinkle it on the mercy seat, which was God's throne. And he did this to make atonement for himself and the people for all the sins they committed in the year that had just ended. See, Jesus was fully man and he was fully God. And as the high priest, he was the man chosen to represent us in our dealings with God. It wasn't a lamb's blood that he offered because Jesus never sinned when he died. He became the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The blood that he sprinkled on the mercy seat that day That was his blood for the atonement of our sins. He did this once for all. So now that we understand that Jesus is unlike any other high priest, let's talk more about how he can understand us. And I'm going to move on to verse 15, but I'm going to read it from the New International Version. And it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. So when it says that he empathizes with our weaknesses, what does that word empathy mean? Empathy means this. It's the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. See, God sees us and he knows us and he's aware of all that we're going through. And the cool thing is that God sees us from beginning to end. Now, if you get the Shiloh email, um, you know that on Friday I sent out the email and I I talked about, um, I talked about how, Uh, Jesus asked Philip a question and he said, where can we buy bread to ask all these people, to feed all these people? And Jesus 
asked Philip this question, knowing that he was going to miraculously multiply five loaves and two fishes in just a few minutes. But he asked Philip this question to test him. Now, I was only 11 when my sister disowned the family. And imagine my life and your life as this ruler, right? When I'm 11, I'm just a little bit into the way of the ruler. But you see, God sees the entire ruler from beginning to end. God already knew what was going to happen. And when I was 17, my dad passed away very suddenly from a heart attack. It was very traumatic to lose the patriarch of our family. But this was a chance for my mom to reach out to my sister one more time and say, hey, your dad has passed away. Would you come home for his funeral? And I remember there was some difficulty in trying to reach her. She wasn't where they thought she was going to be. She was, she was not in the country. And by the time they got a hold of her and, and they explained that dad had passed away, would she come home? She answered with this, dad died six years ago to me. There's no reason for me to come home. Jesus empathizes, really? I'm sure my mom was thinking, Jesus, do you really understand how it feels right now? As I said before, when we feel misunderstood, when we feel alone, we feel like no one else can understand. And I'm sure my mom had thoughts that moment, Jesus, do you really understand what it's like? And the truth is, Jesus not only understands, he empathizes with us, having been tempted in every way as we are, and yet without sin. And I know there's some that would question today, well, did Jesus really face every temptation? I mean, did Jesus face drug addiction? Were there even drugs back then? But this is what it says in 1 Peter 2.24. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are healed. So imagine this. We often state that Jesus took our sins to the cross, but imagine, imagine for a moment that you could take all the sins in your life from when you were very young to, to your present time. You could take all those sins, all those regrets, all the pain you've ever had, and you could compress it down into 30 minutes of time. And now it wouldn't just be your sins, but it would be your family's sins, your neighbor's sins, all the people that have sinned before time, before Jesus came, after Jesus died. He took all all of the world's sins upon his shoulders as he went to the cross. He felt all the regret. He felt all the pain of your life, of my life. If there was ever someone that felt misunderstood, it was Jesus. And this is why, as our high priest, he can say that he empathizes with our weaknesses. He understands what we're going through because he took the pain of all of us on his shoulders when he went to the cross. And what's so significant about this verse is this. Not only did he feel our pain when he went to the cross, but it says that by his wounds, we are healed, right? I believe this is a physical, this is an emotional, this is a spiritual healing because God has created us as body, soul, and spirit. He heals us completely. So if I could summarize one takeaway so far from this message, it would be this. Jesus has faced every testing we face, and he understands. Now, I know you still may be sitting there saying, Greg, you don't know, you don't know what I'm going through, right? You may tell me that Jesus faced every test and he understands, but, but, but what, right? You'd say, but, but what I'm going through is different, right? See, the lie of the enemy And this is what he told Eve back in the garden. The lie of the enemy is this. Did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any trees in the garden? See, we always want to come and look at God's word and say, God, did you really say that you would empathize with all of our weaknesses? Yes. And so many years ago, my mom moved on from the death 
of her husband and from the grief of her daughter disowning the family. It wasn't easy, but see, my mom was a woman of faith. She mentioned many, I've mentioned many times that I've seen my mom in the word early in the morning. I've seen her journaling, writing down scriptures, writing down her prayer requests. That's been an inspiration to me. It's, it's frankly been a legacy for me. And see, my mom was relentless in her prayers for her oldest daughter. And as James 5, 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That was my mom. So moms, I want to encourage you today. If you're praying for something specific for your kids, don't stop. Keep praying, right? If, if, if you, even if you don't see the answer right away, keep praying. God is listening. God understands. I've been given a wonderful legacy from my mom in terms of how she read the word every day, how she was in prayer every day. How did she do it? I believe every testimony starts with a test, right? And, and, and how do any of us move from the test to the testimony, right? I believe the next verse in this Hebrews 4 passage that we're looking at holds the key. And it says this in, in Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. See, the incredible thing about having Jesus as our high priest is that he can not only empathize with us and he's, he's faced every testing we face but was without sin, but yet Jesus also provides mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And I can't tell you how many times as a family we clung to the scripture. When we were praying for my sister, after my dad passed away, many other situations that would come after that, we would go back to the scripture time and time again and cry out for God's mercy, cry out for his grace. There were times where we felt God's grace like it was, it was just a presence that we had. I don't know why and how we were walking through what we were walking through, but God was with us and we knew it. Now today, I believe that God wants to shower each of us with his mercy and with his grace to help in time of need. And I can't give you the full story of my sister uh, in, in, in all the details, but I can summarize the rest of the story by saying this. After 12 years of my sister never answering any of the family's letters, she decided for whatever reason to answer my letter when I was a, a, a senior in college. And I sent her a letter and said, look, I took a job in Texas. I'd like to come visit you the summer before I, I move out to Texas. And she said, okay. I don't know why she did, but she answered my letter after 12 years of not answering anyone else's. I went to visit her that summer. It was an amazing visit. But then I moved to Texas and I lived in Texas for four years. And then I just happened to get a job offer up here in the Northeast and I moved to New Hampshire. And New Hampshire made it a one day's drive that I could go down to the Cape, visit her, and come back all in the same day. So Meg and I started to take our, our young baby, Emily, and we would drive down to the Cape, visit her, and drive home all in the same day. We did that a couple of a times a year. Then Dan was born. We continued to, to visit her. And I remember asking her, Emery, would it be okay if I brought mom on one of these visits? She wasn't sure. But she finally decided, yes, I'd like to see mom. You know, it, it could have been an Oprah moment, right? Mom has not seen daughter in 20 years, and they're reunited. <laughs> I'll never forget that day when I brought my mom. She hadn't seen her daughter in 20 years. This was the fulfillment of so much of her prayers. She got to see her oldest daughter. But Emery didn't leave the community that day. She didn't leave the community the next year, not the year after that or year after that. It was seven more years that she stayed in that cult. 
But after seven years of being there, God sovereignly spoke to her and she left for good. She, she, she left for good. Praise the Lord. That is such an amazing thing. God set her free. And you know, when she came out, she told me, Greg, I've never lost the dream I've had as a little girl that I want to be married. I want to be married so badly. Would God let me be married even though I'm older? And I said, Emery, you know what? Don't, don't hold you being married up before the Lord. You just press into who God is and let him bring you a husband if he wants to. So she prayed year after year. And there was many times I was trying to talk her off of this. Oh my gosh, she was fixated. God, when are you going to bring me a husband? Ten years after she was out of the community, God answered her prayer. He brought her the man of her dreams and she got married. She was 59 years old when she got married. And that was 11 years ago. So what is it that you're praying for today? What is it maybe that you've lost hope thinking, God, could you even answer this prayer? I can tell you there were many times where we could have easily lost hope. In fact, if I'm honest, I probably did lose hope and I forgot about praying for my sister for years on end. But if you've lost hope or stopped praying, I want to encourage you today to keep praying. I want to encourage you today that God understands what you're going through. Moms, don't ever stop praying for your kids. When I talked with my sister over the weekend to just get some of the dates straight, she said, Greg, let them know that it was, it was mom's prayers that got me out of that community. <laughs> so moms, don't ever stop praying for your kids. Dad, if you're praying for a loved one, don't ever stop praying. Let's, let's keep believing. What is it that we're holding faith and believing for? Don't stop praying. So in closing, let me just say this. Jesus understands and he, he provides grace to help in time of need. I don't know the situation that you're facing today, but I want to let you know this. Jesus knows it and he understands you. He feels your pain and he empathizes with you. Even when you think you're walking alone, you're not walking alone. Even when you think he's not listening to your prayers, he is listening to your prayers. Even when you feel that he doesn't understand, he does. So I have a simple question to ask you today. This is for moms. This is for dads. This is for all of you that are listening. For whatever situation you're facing, will you turn to Jesus today? Would you turn to Jesus today and reach out for the mercy and grace that he provides? God understands you and he's waiting for you to turn to him. So you may not know this, but, but maybe you've walked away from God or maybe you've not known God, but someone is praying for you today. It may be your mom. It may be your dad. It may be a sibling, maybe a family member, maybe a friend of yours, but someone is praying for you today. And maybe God has allowed you to walk through a time of testing, but today is your day of breakthrough. If, if you've been praying for someone, haven't seen your answered prayer yet, I want to believe that today is your day of breakthrough. But first I want to ask you, if you've walked away from God or if you don't know Jesus, I want to pray with you right now. Would you pray with me to receive Jesus as your Savior? Just pray this simple prayer with me as I pray. Father God, I ask in Jesus' name that you forgive me of my sins. Lord God, I want to know you. And I, and I want to know and I believe that Jesus died for me and he was resurrected. And God, now I want to live for you. So Father, help me enter into a relationship with Jesus. Help me be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer with me today, I believe that God has come into your life and he wants to develop a relationship with you. So would you call your mom? Would you talk to a family member? Would you reach out to me here at the church and let me know that you've prayed that prayer? 
And if you're listening today and you're struggling with something, you've been praying for something maybe for years, or you're, you've been thinking, God, you don't understand me. He does understand you. He provides mercy and grace now at the time you need it most. So let's pray together for your situation. Father God, I pray for each one that's listening, Lord, and each one that has a situation they're facing, God. Lord, you say in your word that you will provide grace to help us in, our, in the time we need it most. So God, would you provide your grace? Would you shower grace like rain? Provide your mercy to each one of us. And God, I ask in Jesus' name as we agree together, Lord, I pray for a breakthrough. I pray for the loved ones that have been prayed for for years and years. Lord, I ask today would be the day of salvation for them. Today would be the day, Lord, that they, that they see you as they've never seen you before. So breakthrough, oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So moms, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day one more time. Thank you so much for watching today. God bless you, Shiloh. We miss you. Take care.